podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red. Your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday before Liverpool take on Nottingham Forest in the Premier League at Anfield, of course. On This Is Anfield Today, the lead piece is a chat with a Nottingham Forest fan discussing the struggles of Forest, some of the noise around Steve Cooper, some of the transfers that they've made, as well as, you know, Forest fans asking what is exactly going wrong with Liverpool. That's a good piece, well worth your time giving that one a read. Uh, The Forest fan in question is Matt Davies. Moving on, there is another piece here. Eight centre-backs linked with Liverpool so far. This was put together by Joanna Durkin. So Levi Colwell is the first one mentioned. He's been mentioned by both David Lynch and Neil Jones. Those two, along with Paul Joyce, are really the most reliable journalists in the Liverpool sphere. Uh, He would be absolutely perfect in that new left-back, left-centre-back kind of role where he has played left-back in the past quite a bit, especially when he was on loan at Huddersfield. He has starred at centre-back when he's played there for Brighton this year, and he's more than comfortable in the three, which makes it ideal. So out of possession, he would play as a left-back, and in possession, he would play as a left-side centre-back in a three, with Virgil and Ibu slipping across. Levi Colwell should absolutely be somebody we're looking to try and bring in. Some people would say it's unlikely. You don't know how Chelsea will react until they get a bid. They might say, oh, well, we plan to bring him back. But their situation is their situation. And when I see Chelsea fans listing off the players they'll sell before Levi Colwell, there's players like Lukaku included. Nobody is coming in to buy Romelu Lukaku. Nobody. He's got three or four years left on his contract. He's on 350 grand a week. He's been dreadful for the last two seasons. He's been injury prone for the last year. That's not a player you're shifting. It just isn't. And the same goes for the likes of Kepa. And you can name Hakim Zayic all you want. You're going to get 15 million for him max. Christian Pulisic is another one, you, another one you'll have a hard time moving. He's on big wages, he's injury prone, and he's inconsistent. He's immensely talented, but no one's going to take a big gamble on Christian Pulisic this year. Because you have to remember, there's very few clubs that can really afford big money. 
there's not a whole lot of money floating around in the Italian game. Juventus every so often will concoct a big deal. But just look at the state of their finances. Inter and Milan don't have huge money to spend. Neither of the Rome clubs have huge money to spend. Napoli don't have huge money to spend. Now, if they win the league this year, they might spend a bit more, but I don't see them coming in for Christian Pulisic. Then you look at the clubs that have that kind of money. How many of them are looking for a winger? And what other wingers will be out there? They'll likely be cheaper, more reliable options. So I don't think it would take a whole lot of persuading for Chelsea to sell Colwell. I just think it would take a strong offer going in. Uh, next up is Josco Gvardiol. <clears throat> Again, positionally, he's perfect. He's played a lot of left-back in his career. Fits perfectly as the left-side centre-back in a three. Sensational passer of the ball. The issue with Gvardiol is the price. You're looking probably in the region of 90 million or so. So that's going to be out of our range this year. Antonio Silva, he's excellent. Now, he would struggle, I think, in that left-sided role. If he was coming to Liverpool, I think he would be someone to rotate with Ibu and maybe have an eye on him being the long-term Virgil replacement. He's an outstanding centre-back. I just don't see it. Giancarlo Inacio, he fits the bill perfectly. Uh, It's given suitability 7 out of 10. I would say this is a 9 out of 10. Quick, really good on the ball, aggressive, has played left back, great pass for the ball. He's so good on the ball that Ruben Amram often played him on the right side of his back three, despite being left-footed, purely for the angles he could create with his passing. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And again, his name has come from Neil Jones. Uh, Jones was also the one that dropped Antonio Silva's name. Uh, Jared Brantwaite, again, Neil Jones has mentioned him. Again, he does fit the bill. He's massive. Now, the problem with him is he's owned by Everton. And would they be willing to sell? If they go down, then I think it might be more likely because they'll be desperate. Uh, Per Schurz, just no. No. Average. Average at the best of times. Uh, Naif Agard, really good player, far too injury prone. We'd have to pass. Julian Timber, his name's come out recently. He's not a centre-back under Jurgen Klopp, and he's he's right-side dominant. I don't think he could play that left-back, left-side centre-back role. He's the type of player you sign if you're planning to move Trent into midfield permanently. Not where he starts as a fullback and moves in during the game, where he actually starts in midfield. Then you bring in Jurian Timber as the right back. But he's too small as a, as a centre back for Jurgen Klopp. That's just the simple matter of it. It's a strong list, but there's three standout targets there Colwell, Gvardiol, and Anasio. You can rule Col- uh, Gvardiol out because of price. Colwell, I 
is the one I would like to see, but Inacio fits the bill perfectly and is probably going to be a similar price and easier to get. So he's probably the most likely of the people listed there. Uh, there's been two new yeah, murals unveiled near Anfield. One is of Johnny Barnes, and the other is of Phil Neal and Ian Callaghan. The Barnes one is is excellent. The Neil and Callaghan one is is properly done to fit the era as well. They're really really good. Um, Murwalls is the I don't know if it's a person or a group that have painted them, but they are they are outstanding. Um, the Neil and Callaghan one is on the end of a house on Randolph Street. And John Barnes can be found on Balfour Street, both near the stadium. So if you're going to the stadium anytime soon, do go and find these. They're they're excellent. They really are excellent. There's a great picture of Phil Neal, Andy and Callaghan in front of their mural holding the European Cup, which is very, very cool. There's a good picture of Barnes in front of his as well. And Barnes signed his, which is also very cool. Oh, the two boys signed theirs as well. That's really cool. I just hope nobody goes and messes with them. Um, What have we got? Reliable journalist reveals Liverpool's interest in Kefran Turam. Who is the reliable journalist? Miguel Delaney is the journalist reporting this. Now... Miguel's a good journalist. I don't know that I'd mark him as reliable for Liverpool news. He's very much United-focused in a lot of his work. Uh, and obviously, he's tremendous at trolling City fans. Um, Kevin Turham is really, really good. His best strength is his ball-carrying ability. He's really good in tight spaces. He's like 6'4". A great dribbler. I'd like to see him be more aggressive, but that's about it. If he could be a bit more aggressive and a bit more consistent, I think he's, he'd be a hell of a player. But he's only 22 this year, so certainly plenty of time to develop. I don't think he'd cost ridiculous money either. Uh, Fabinho running suspension risk after seven yellow cards in last nine games. Um, what else do we have agent who forced Raheem Sterling's Liverpool exit suspended from football I, I see we're still buying into the club bullshit that AD Ward is the reason Raheem left Liverpool and not Brendan Rodgers and Ian Eyre and their behaviour and carry on Um, yeah let's go to liverpool.com um, Jurgen Klopp does not want to sell 87, sorry, Jurgen Klopp does not want to sell Liverpool ace as bids expected for $87 million transfer target. The transfer target is Moises Caicedo. Uh, the ace that Liverpool don't want to sell or that Jurgen doesn't want to sell is uh, Costa Simicus. And that's come from a Greek journalist. Uh, I'm not sure he'd have much insight into what Jurgen actually wants, but Jürgen doesn't want to sell anybody, is the truth of it. Jürgen would like to keep everybody forever. 
and never buy anybody new and just continue to play with the same lads until his contract runs out and he leaves. Liverpool transfer case grows amid Champions League reminder of best Jude Bellingham alternative. It's Nicolo Barella. He was tremendous in the two legs against Benfica. Um, he, he's, he's a great player. He's a great player. Liverpool could make millions for FSG transfer budget as yet another Julian Ward call pays off. Um, from the brilliance of Tyler Morton at Blackburn, and Tyler Morton hasn't been brilliant for Blackburn. He had a good start and he's largely been a disappointment from about October on. And he's been dropped multiple times and their fans have just given up. So, again, I'm not sure there's much research been done here. Um, this is suggesting that Luke Chambers could be sold, um, having joined Kilmarnock on loan in January. I'm, I'm not sure Luke Chambers is going to bring millions uh, and I'd imagine if he goes anywhere next year, it will just be out on loan because he is quite highly regarded. Uh, we'll go to AnfieldIndex.com. We have five new articles up. Uh, Dave Davis has a piece regarding a sporting director, and he does raise an interesting question as to what would a sporting director add if they came in you know, just before the end of the season? The truth of it is any good sporting director should have an in-depth list of talent that will fit wherever they land. So you would hope that anybody walking in when they sit down to be interviewed will be able to give plenty of insight into players that they believe have high upside in the future. You would also hope that you know, in preparation for said interview, they'll have addressed the squad, looked at it in depth, come to the realisation of what's needed, and can walk in and present a significant list of players for each and every situation. There's at least one former Premier League sporting director currently working north of the border who used to keep a list of the needs of every Premier League club and a list of players that would fit those needs just in case there was a player that they wanted that they thought somebody else might want so they wouldn't get dragged into bidding wars. Uh, he would also keep that list in case his club had a player that other clubs might want so he could set a figure on it and know potentially you want him this is the price you're not willing to pay it well there's two or three other clubs that have this need as well so my guess is that many of them operate in that same way um and i know he does that because he said it in an interview so you know i doubt he lied about it uh there's a premier league preview which is from me um it is taking a look at two Premier League games and one of the FA Cup semi-finals this weekend. Uh, these previews do not include Liverpool because Liverpool do not deserve to be included in said previews. Uh, 
There's a Liverpool versus Forest preview that Stephen Smith has put together. There is a scouting report on Nicolo Barella. This was put together by David Davis. And Tony Evans' latest column is up. Trent Alexander-Arnold will always be a fullback. Embrace it. So give that one a read. And uh, that's what we have in terms of the written word. In terms of podcasts, the preview for Forrest is up with myself and Carl. There's also uh, Rival Recon, Dave Davis stepping in for Harry Setti to talk to Ben Dorr, who's a, a Forrest fan. And Mulby on the spot, Trev and Jan having a look at the Leeds game and a look ahead to the Forrest game and do the general chat that Trev and Jan have to have. And then, of course, there will be an Anfield Index podcast. That will be coming today. Uh, Trev will have that across to Nina, and Nina will get it up on the the site and all the different podcast apps for you to listen to. And that's all I have today, folks. Hopefully, hopefully the Reds will win. Only one more week without Guy, and then I can just not have to stress too much. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.